Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Joining me on today's episode is the beautiful, funny, witty, genius, absolute legend, the actress Aubrey Plaza. I remember falling in love with Aubrey when I watched the amazing series Parks and Recreation. She's so witty, her humour's dry, and she's just adorable to watch. I then got to see her in stuff like Scott Pilgrim, and on today's interview we get to sit down and talk all about her brand new film, Black Bear, which is an absolute masterpiece. It's directed by the amazing Lawrence Michael Levine, and for me it's my movie of the year so far. It's confusing, it will stay with you, it will leave you with so many questions, you will feel frustrated at times, but in the end you'll have this feeling of fulfilment. It's unique, it's very rich artistically, and it'll give you this experience, and honestly, it should not be missed. It's out now and available to rent on iTunes and Amazon, and I urge you all to check this film out. I won't talk any more about the film until after the interview, because I don't want to spoil it, but me and Aubrey get to go into great detail about her performance, but honestly, do not miss this movie. Before we get into the interview with Aubrey, let's touch base and talk about the last episode. I was joined by the editor and director, Jennifer Sheridan. We got to talk all about her new film, Rose, A Love Story. It was a great interview, so much energy, and again, thanks for everyone that took the time to listen, to leave feedback on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and to share your thoughts. It was so positive, it was so good to read how much everybody loved it, and again, I had people say it was their favorite episode to date, so that means more than anything, so thanks so much. But let's get back into today's episode. I'm joined by the amazing Aubrey Plaza. This for me is my biggest episode of the year, so I think the best thing to do is to get straight to it. So here's me and Aubrey talking all things TV, film, and much more. So Aubrey, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Mark and Me. What I want to do today is take it right back to the very start for the listeners, and I want to know from you, when you were growing up as a kid, what were your favorite films that you might have rented from the video store or sat with your parents and watched that made you absolutely fall in love with film? Oof, I am so hard at picking like my favorites of anything, but I will say as a child, I was, you know, I was like all the kids of the 80s, early 90s, watching those big blockbuster movies, Ghostbusters and Home Alone and all those, you know, E.T., you know, Spielberg kind of things. And I loved all those movies. I was very into that. Um, but then I, you know, A League of Their Own was a big one for me. Some absolute yeah. classics there. Absolutely. All my favorites. Throw in Lost Boys, Gremlins and Goonies. And well, that's it. Oh, that's yeah. my favorite Goonies, night. Goonies, Gremlins, all those movies. I mean, yeah, those were like the movies I grew up on. I mean, I loved all those big ones, big blockbuster movies. And at that age, were you thinking to yourself, I want to be an actress or was it later on in life? I think I always wanted to be an actress. I think, I don't know why, but I was, a, I was just a very strange kid. I was, I had a voice recorder that I would carry around with me and I would do little characters and shows and interview people. And that was my escape. And I think that was my early, early character, you know, acting that I used to do. Um, and of course I always dreamt about being in movies, um, but I never, I never dreamed it could would actually happen. 
So at what point was it when you actually stood there and thought this is going to become a reality? It was obviously very different than wanting to be. I wanted to always be a musician. I used to love Nirvana, but I never got the chance to be like Kurt Cobain. But when was the chance for you when it became Don't give up. No. Don't you give up. I won't. I'll go and keep playing that guitar and growing my hair. Um, I don't know. You know, it happened very quickly for me or very, just very, I went from not having no credits really to getting cast in a Judd Apatow film starring Adam Sandler. That was a huge movie, like $80 million comedy. They don't make them like that anymore. But um, I got cast in a movie like that, um, plucked out of complete obscurity. Um, So there was a very, very tangible moment in my life where I went, okay, well, here I go. I'm now I'm going to be in a movie. So shit. Was your parents really supportive or was it kind of one of those ones where they're like, Aubrey, you need to get a real job or you need to get something to fall back on or were they like, go for it? I mean, they definitely, when I was living in New York and I was um, doing comedy, doing live shows and, you know, waitressing and doing odd jobs. Of course, my parents, my dad, you know, who's more, maybe more, you know, in the, in the more normal, I don't know, he's in the financial world, whatever, not in the artistic world, but he would always kind of say things like, oh, you should have a backup plan here. Um, my mother was like me, very delusional, always supportive. Um, but no, I mean, I had a very, like I said, I just got cast in a huge movie with Adam Sandler. So it was a very easy way to, for me to go, look, mom and dad, like, remember this guy? <laughs> um, and they were like, what? <laughs> How? You know? There's me and Happy Gilmore. Exactly. Amazing. So, so we, I think on this podcast, listeners would scream at me and we're not going to spend much time on it, but I have to mention Parks and Rec because in my all-time favorite TV, that and The Office often changes. It's between that. It's always those two. I absolutely adore them. Was it as fun as it looked to be part of? Because surely those were the best days of your lives where you were like, this doesn't feel like work. I'm with the best group of people. And surely you miss it every day. Surely I do. And yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because sometimes I think back on that time and I think in the early seasons, you know, I don't even real. I don't think I even realized I was on television. I thought I had just gotten an internship with a bunch <laughs> of strange people in Los Angeles and looking around, going, "Why is there a camera here? Um, this is very weird." But um, no, I yeah, I will never forget it. And that's my family. You know, they those, those guys. We were on film for or TV for seven seven seasons, seven years, my formative years. I like to say I became a woman, you know, over the course of that show. Um, lost my virginity to Jim O'Hare, you know, four seasons in. Haven't we all? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, never forget it. Memory exactly. Never give up. Yeah. Never give up. We will never give up, Mark and me. And what was it like working with Edgar Wright? Because for me, Scott Pilgrim and Space, the TV series, and Shaun the Dead are just, you know, being British, it's our incredible moments that we absolutely adore. But seeing him go and do Scott Pilgrim so well with such a great cast, you must be like, that was awesome. It was. It, the cast was awesome. It was just, I mean, if you just list the, pe- the people in that film, it's mind-blowing. Um, and just having us all on set, you know, in our early twenties, running around with you know 
just, it was chaos. It was madness. It was the best. The funniest, most talented young actors of today, you know, yep. all of us just huddled in a dark studio corner, you know, freezing our asses off and um, Edgar at the helm. It was just all, yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was an experience never to forget. Also a huge movie, huge movie, hundred million dollar movie, lot, so, so technical, um, unlike anything I'd ever done before. So I was just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And Edgar, you know, he's a mad little mad genius running around and uh, doing what he does. Uh, I ask uh, all the um, I ask all the guys and the actresses and the directors and stuff that come on the podcast. And it always intrigues me how many people don't. But do you watch your performances back? So have you watched Parks and Rec? Have you watched Scott Pilgrim? Do you watch all this stuff? Or do you just kind of do it and think, no, nah, I don't want to do that because it'll make me cringe or I won't enjoy it or I do not prefer to do it. I don't seek it out, you know? No. I'm like one of those people that's like, the premiere rolls around and I'm like, I'll go to the party, you know, but I'm not gonna watch the movie. But then I get roped in and everyone's like, no, you gotta watch the movie. And then and then I'm like, all right, fine, I'll watch it. You know, so I'll watch it like once and then I'll be like, never again. But Parks and Rec, I can't escape. Yeah. Um, I was just shooting a movie in Turkey for three months and desperate for any kind of, television I could understand and there was one comedy station and I swear to God every time I flipped the channel to the comedy station it was Parks and Rec and I was like this is the one show I don't want to watch <laughs> this is the one comedy I don't want to see anything <laughs> but this anything but this anything but myself yes. Jesus but that it actually was fun because it kind of forced me to watch it a little bit and yeah it made me feel like I was with my friends and family. It like made me, it comforted me. I was like, this is actually nice. I feel like I'm, I'm not alone in my COVID hotel. And at the moment we're here promoting Black Bear. Yeah. How did this movie come about for you? How was it that it went from this amazing script that must have blown your mind when you first read it? Cause it's one of the most refreshing. If you want to put it on a quote on a DVD, for me, it's the most refreshing movie I've seen since probably her. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's unlike anything, anything out there. I mean, and it's, it's so delightful. It's such a, it's such a, it's such a crazy depiction of the filmmaking process, um, which hasn't been done well, I would say since like living in oblivion or, you know, it's like, it has that vibe where you're like, whoa, I'm like watching some something that is just wildly different and unique um and messed up so how did it come about did you just get sent a script okay, did your yeah, agent yeah. say to you hey do no, you no. be in this crazy film yeah right my agents didn't want me to do it they, <laughs> yeah, right. they read it and they were like this is not good no one will see this like are you <laughs> insane <laughs> um i no i knew the the writer director larry levine who yeah was who made the film and he he and I had acted together a year prior on this like silly comedy show on Netflix just one episode and we got to know each other over the course of a week and we just really hit it off and it was clear to me that we had a lot in common in terms of how we how we approach films and what we like and all those things and that we had both worked very intimately with our partners on films and so we had these discussions just about how 
complicated it can be to make a movie with your with your partner and how messy it can be and uh and i and i had no idea he was writing the film but he wrote it kind of inspired by by me and our and and him and our our discussions and he kind of just called me out of out of the blue and was like i wrote i wrote something that i'd like you to be in and produce if you want if you want and uh that's kind of how it started and then he sent me the script and the rest is history did it blow your mind as much as it did me because when i was kind of watching it when it finished it was probably the first time since i saw something like donnie darko where i was left with just question after question after question thinking i need to watch it again i need to read up on it i need to see what other people are saying there's so many different takes you can take from it were you the same with the script were you like this is mental yes i i mean it's funny like the script was written was so dialogue heavy you know so dense with dialogue and it, it felt to me almost like a play. I couldn't wrap my head around the idea of it being a movie because I'm going like, Larry, this is a 14 page dinner scene. How, <laughs> yeah. how, how will this be interesting on yeah. camera? You know, like how do you make it interesting? Like Bergman does it, but can you? Um, and he was just so sure about it. And, and I just said like, I will only do this with the best actors. This is an acting, you know, exercise. And so we just put, we just got the people that we wanted. We were lucky to get the, to get Christopher Abbott and Sarah Gadden who were so fucking good and would play and would just like dive into these characters and, and just bring it to life. And I think it really just comes down to the choices that you make with casting and with hiring with the crew. And he just, I will give him, I will give Larry this. He has good taste. Definitely. I won't take that away from you, Larry. You got good taste. I won't discuss the twist in it, but what I do want to talk about is the kind of the meta breakdown scene, because I'm not just saying this because you're on here and I'd say it to anybody. For me, it's one of the most powerful film scenes that I've seen in years. And you absolutely stopped me in that moment. And I was like, fucking hell. Literally, like how did you mentally prepare or get yourself in that headspace for that scene alone? Because it was just, I wasn't expecting it. And you just, you just blew me absolutely away. Okay. Could you tell that to Paul Thomas Anderson? If you ever just come okay. across, yeah. just let him know. I will. Um, he's, he's my guest next week. So that'll be good. You don't have to say my name. Just go. Oh, you don't have, you, have you seen Black Bear? There's someone yeah. in it that I think you should watch. <laughs> Um, no, that that was ter that was a terrifying scene to 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 do. I in the script it is equally terrifying. It's written as exactly like it goes down on camera, and I had no idea if I was going to be able to pull it off. But I I think the there were many elements to the production that really helped with the performance because it became so immersive. We were really shooting in this look isolated location we had crew on camera and actors in the crew you know we were all just everything was just melded together and so at a certain point i just kind of had to surrender to the process and just go like i am i'm nothing i'm just i'm nothing i am just i am just i'm gone um and i i don't know it's hard to articulate really but it's like just you only have a couple chances and uh especially when you're shooting such a small budget movie you know time is a luxury 
So you just got to do it or die. Literally. Or die. Yeah, literally. Did you feel much pressure as well being the the main focus of the whole film and literally for probably an hour 40 of the two hours you're on screen? Did it feel a lot of pressure knowing that it was pretty much all you? Yeah, I mean, it's so much pressure. It's it's just so much pressure. Like, of course, I mean. Do you have to try and switch off and pretend that it's not reality and just go to work and just kind of get on set and be like, not think about the bigger picture? Yeah, it's an exercise in just being present because you can't control anything. Um, and I think you can't, yeah, you can't. I mean, for me, it's like you just have, you just have to commit. You have to commit to the reality of, 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 what's, of what is the scene and the character. And I find that very therapeutic and for myself um, because usually it's, you know, I'm dealing with something that is tapping into something that I relate to or something that's happened to me or something that I am working through. So I, for me, it is a very personal process and I just kind of have to do my thing. And I don't really, th I don't think about the end product or the cameras or anything. It's just really the experience of that moment in, in that moment. You absolutely nailed it and I can't wait for people to see the film and start talking about it. The reviews are all over the shop. Like some people are like, I don't understand it. It's one out of ten, the worst film I've ever seen. And then everyone else is like, It's an absolute masterpiece. I watched it again. I adored it. It's ten yeah. out of ten. There's no one in the middle. Everyone's like, I don't get it, it's rubbish. And that's what everyone said about Inception and all these mm -hmm. other stuff. But the majority of good people that love film and love cinema are absolutely raving about it. It must be amazing to see all these reviews. I I love that. I honestly like, yeah, I mean, I haven't read a, a ton of them, but I will now that now you've piqued my interest. But um, I would say that I'm not surprised. I think that this movie always was going to be divisive in that way. And many films, classic, you know, films are it's like David Lynch, you know, got terrible reviews. Yeah, I've got torn apart. You know? But um, so it's exciting to me when when it gets that, when, when it gets a reaction, dramatic reaction, that's what you want. You want people to hate it. Definitely. Love it. You, you don't want people to be indifferent because then you've failed. It's good. Like when The Thing came out by John Carpenter, everyone said it was shit. It was rubbish. It was one of the worst horrors. And I now absolutely adore it. And it's one of my favorite films. So John Carpenter's achieved a lot knowing that it's one of my favorite films. I don't know what you're talking about. Halloween? What are you talking about? The Thing, John Carpenter, 1982. Oh, The Thing. Sorry, sorry. The yes. Thing. Okay, got it. I, I, don't, I don't know if you're talking about the fog. Oh, no, the thing. The thing, got it. What I ask everyone that comes on the show is what advice do you give to those people? Because a lot of people are listening that are at film school or wanting to be an actor or get into the film industry. What advice do you give to those people that are listening going, what can I do to stand above the rest? What can I do to get noticed? How can I get cast in an Adam Sandler film straight away? Ooh, just be yourself. Do not try to be any thing other than who you are at least starting out it's like for me that was everything and i didn't even i didn't even realize i didn't even realize what, what i was doing but really what i was doing was just i was playing to my strengths and i was presenting myself to them and when you do that there's we're all unique there's no one like anyone else you know we're all different so if you just are true and authentic to yourself, your experiences and 
you put out your story and what you want to say, then people will, on an unconscious level, they will react to it and they'll be they'll gravitate towards it because there's something so um, satisfying about you know just just having someone be authentic. If the minute you you try to to do something else or be like someone else or give someone something you think they want, people can snip that out from far away and it's not going to work. And how's the future looking at the moment? Obviously, we're all starting to come out of lockdown and projects are happening again. I know you're working on, and I think it's all been sorted now, best best sellers, and you oh. get to work with Michael Kane. Michael Kane. How is that? That must be a pinch yourself moment on set going, oh, I'm working with Michael. I can't do a good impression. I'm British. What the fuck's that about? Michael Kane. Michael uh, Kane. I can't do it. It was the best. He's the best. I mean... He is not a disappointment. I will just say that he is delightful and hilarious, and he's eighty-six years old. Eighty-six. Oh yeah, he might even be eighty-seven actually. Um, he's seen it all, um, and he just has not lost lost the curiosity of someone that is enjoys their job and enjoys people um there's just no one like him and it's he's just so inspiring for me because i'm like man if i can be like 86 87 and show up to set and be telling stories and making people laugh and be and just be happy like i'm good like there's just he's the best i can't even i will i'll cry if i keep talking about him i just love him so much is there any other projects you can tell us about at the moment that are upcoming that you're getting involved in? Let's have a world exclusive. Let's, you know, break the internet. What are you doing? Exclusive. Um, I don't know. No, you know me. I have so many things brewing. I'm going to do a movie. I'm going to produce, I'm going to shoot another indie film this summer down in dirty style. Like I do. Nice. Um, which is going to, just blow everyone's minds away and I'll, all i'll say is if ingrid goes west was my king of comedy this this movie will be my taxi driver and that's that's, that's what i'm gonna give to you mark and me you've juiced them up there and just left them dangling that's right that's and what i do to make the episodes very different is every single guest that comes on gets to choose the outro music so it can be a band a piece of music a song and i'm going to put you on the spot if i leave you too long to think about it you'll wake up at four o'clock in the morning and be like oh i should have picked this song or i should have picked that if this is your episode and it's about to go to the outro and it's your piece of music what's the song that comes to you before any other from the heart from the soul that would sum up you perfectly um I hate you. <laughs> Some people get it down to about 10 and then they're like, can I email you? And I'm like, no, I need to know. Cause then you'll think about it too long. What's one of your favorite songs? How about the song I was named after? How about that? That is my song. That makes sense. Is that not creative enough for you? I like it. I don't know. You said you hate me. That's awful. People. No, no, I, love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was my own. That was no, my own. That's absolutely fine. This is what happens. It's absolutely fine. And yeah. the last thing I want to do, we've got three minutes left, is I'm going to record myself saying the next guest on my podcast is the amazing Aubrey Plaza. I'm going to turn the camera to you. And can you say, hello, Skip fam? Because that's the listeners. They're called the Skip fam, which is like the Skip family. So it's Skip like, whatever fam. You, 
I'll say whatever you want. And then just say something nice. Hello, everyone. It is now time to introduce the next guest for Mark and me. It's quite a big guest. She's lovely. And I can't wait for you to see her. It's the one, the only, Aubrey Plaza. Hello, Skip fam. It's your mommy. And you've been very bad. So you better go to your room and shut the door and think about what you've done. So many bad memories of hearing that. <laughs> Instead of overrunning, we're going to get this time perfectly. We've got one minute left. I want to say a massive thank you for coming on the podcast. It means the absolute world to me, genuinely. Thank you, Mark. If you want to share it on your social media, that would be incredible because you've got like 2 million followers and I've got about 2,000. So that'd be good. I'll share whatever you want. You say this and I'll tag you in and then you'll be like, I'm not sharing it. I won't even see the notification. But if you do. I'll do it. God, no one else asked me to do it. If you're going to go out on a limb and ask me, I'll do it. Wow. Okay. At Mark and me. Uh, at Mark and me. Yeah. On in- you're going to follow me now on Instagram. Is that what you're going to do? So you can see. Yeah, if that's what you want. So demanding. You won't do that. I will. You're doing reverse psychology with me. This is like it's at Mark and me. Yeah, I'm sure it is, and I'll find it too. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I hope the rest of the day's press goes well. I've already just seen a tweet saying that you done Edith Bowman. I think a few minutes ago. Oh, that so was some pretty gold. Gave her some gold. What are you saying? This is silver or bronze? Oh, or... I don't know. God. <laughs> I hope the rest of the day's press goes well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And it's literally to the minute. It's now quarter past. That's it. Thank you so much. And I look forward to you sharing my status. Can't wait to share you. (laughs) I'll speak to you soon. Take care. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the absolutely amazing Aubrey Plaza. It still doesn't seem real when I say it out loud. It's a guest that I've always wanted to come on the Mark and Me podcast ever since I launched. And to know it's actually happened, we've sat down, we've recorded the interview, and it's out there for the world to listen to, is a dream come true. So a massive thank you for Aubrey for taking the time to come on the Mark and Me podcast and to talk to me about all those amazing projects, and especially Black Bear. As I said at the start of today's episode, Black Bear is my movie of the year. It's available right now to stream on all of those services you would go to, Amazon, Apple, or wherever else you rent your films. Do it and I promise you won't regret it. It's an absolute work of art and an incredible film and Aubrey is outstanding from start to finish. I can't wait to see some of the tweets and the Facebook comments that you guys leave once you've seen this film. It's so, so good. If you're new to Mark and Me, thanks for joining me today. There's over 130 episodes sitting there in my archive right now, completely free for you to go back and listen to. I've got guests on there such as Anthony Hopkins, Kevin Smith, Corey Feldman, Neil Blomkamp and so many more. They're all available and they're all free on iTunes, Spotify and wherever else you download podcasts. I hope you enjoy delving back into that archive because there's a hell of a range of guests including artists, actors, producers, directors, editors and such a broad range there's something for everyone. If you really enjoyed today's episode, I urge you all to go and share the episode. It costs absolutely nothing to jump on your Facebook page or your Twitter account or Instagram and click that share button. It brings a whole new audience and gets my name out there and costs absolutely nothing. So please take the time and share it. My links are all available on markandme.com. My Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and my email address are on there. I take pride and make sure that I reply personally to every single person that leaves me a message. 
and honestly it means the absolute world so keep that feedback coming through if you've really enjoyed today's episode i do have a patreon page as well you can go on there for as little as one dollar or one pound per month for that right now you're getting two episodes per week all the money that goes into the podcast via patreon goes right back into the podcast it allows me to go and record more and more interviews host the podcast on more networks and get more and more podcasts for you guys out there so it really is a win-win i don't make any money off it and it all goes right back into the actual making of mark and me on there as well thanks to my amazing sponsor vice press news there's some incredible posters up for grabs They offer me some incredible movie posters and also some artist variants that aren't even available to buy. It's an absolutely amazing partnership and thanks to Vice Press yet again for supporting the podcast. I really hope you've all enjoyed today's episode just as much as me. Aubrey was one of my favourite guests and the chemistry was there right from the start. I'll be back in only a few days time with a brand new episode. I never tell you who the guests are on the episodes. You have to find out via my social media channels. But I do like to tease and put some hints and clues out there throughout the week. So until then, look after yourself. Take care. Thanks again for listening. And I'll speak to you all again in just a few days time. Just the same.
She had been mine. 